Welcome to another episode of Technology Scouting. My name is Eric Hollett. I am the head of Technology Scouting. Today we are going to discuss transdermal drug delivery systems, specifically microneedle patches. So microneedle patches is an emerging technology or delivery system within the transdermal drug delivery category. These microneedle patches are very viable and useful and they allow different types of drug delivery in a non-invasive way. So we're going to look into the key players of this particular emerging technology, where this technology sits, who owns or is licensing this IP, what stage of development is, how far we can expect this technology to be under development before it's commercialized, and then we're going to look at some of the regulations that are set up in place or being developed for this, and also the different applications or types of drug delivery that can be done with these. We'll also do a deep dive on the technology and really break down the different types of microneedles that are being used for these microneedle patches. What is a microneedle patch? So the technology, the microneedle, the microneedle arrays are minimal invasive devices used to penetrate the skin's outermost layer, which is the stratum corneum, the principal barrier to topical applied drugs. Consist of needles of micron size, which are arranged on a small patch. So that's what a microneedle patch is. And the size, the the typical patch is the size of a fingernail or smaller, and it can take on any shape or size depending on the type of drug or dose that's being administered. And then the microneedles that are on the patch, they're about the width of a human hair, so the length between 25 to 2,000 microns, and a micron is one millionth of a meter. Now, how do they work? Uh, they can be applied to any type of bandage. Needles penetrate only the outermost layer of the skin, as we mentioned, and they're broken into five different types. So we have the hollow microneedle, which is being used, and these infuse the drug through the the bone with an adequate flow. And then we have a solid microneedle. Now these puncture the holes in the skin at the very tip of the layer, allowing for the drug to be delivered. They have coated microneedles. So they coat these with the drug-containing uh, dispersion. So any type of drug that they're using, they actually coat the needles. And then we have dissolving microneedles. Now these are made from special polymers that offer dissolving uh, or non-dissolving hydrogel-forming options. So basically, those are administered into the outer layer of the skin. The skin causes them to dissolve, which then releases the drug. And then the last one is more of a swallowable or porous type of microneedle. And this is actually used for collecting what types of drugs may be in a person's body. So you put this microneedle patch on someone's body, and it actually swells up and absorbs what's in your body. So it allows for, um, you know, if you ha have an overdose and you want to figure out what's in this person's body, you can actually abstract that through this particular microneedle and then test it and find out what this person may be on or what type of drugs they may be. Um, currently having in their system. What's very interesting is traditional drug delivery for, let's say, vaccines requires a cold chain supply. So these particular um, in administration of vaccines need to be stored in a specific area. They need to be handled by a specific uh, professional. They need to be disposed a certain way. Well, microneedle patches offer the elimination of a lot of those, so they're very easy to use. You can actually have somebody that's lesser trained health worker administer, even have the patient administer it themselves. It is a needle-free delivery, so there is no needle that needs to be disposed through hazardous waste. It's, it dissolves, or it's so small that it does not puncture only the outer layer of the skin, so it's very minimal invasive. 
And then also the increased coverage to reduce programmatic costs. So if you're getting rid of a lot of this cold um, chain system for vaccines and you can use these microneedle patches, you actually eliminate a lot of cost that's associated with um, offering these types of vaccines. And this is especially important for underprivileged countries. So you can give these patches to um, tribes in Africa and instead of having um, a whole system set in place where a trained professional needs to go out there. The people are fearful of the needles, which most people have a, a needle, a phobia where they're not, uh, needles aren't very pleasant. They can administer these types of vaccines using this technology. And as I mentioned, at a very minimal cost. So the opportunities for increasing the coverage of offering vaccines, for example, is very appealing. And then also improved adherence to drug regimes and then reduce burden on the health system. So some of the opportunities you have for drug delivery with these microneedle patches are one that's being developed is for influenza or the flu. Um, also diabetes. So if the people with diabetes have the ability to administer their insulin using these microneedle patches as well as test their glucose levels. So the opportunity for diabetic people to use this technology is great because it's non-invasive. You don't need to have a medical uh, practitioner or healthcare worker administer this. It could be administered yourself. And then you're also not dealing with any type of needles. So you don't need to worry about, you know, disposal and things. And then also cancer treatment. So that's another one that's being developed. Uh, obesity. And then Alzheimer's disease. So that's a few of those that are being developed within the microneedle space technology. There's going to be some manufacturing types of obstacles, but we're going to talk about what type of fabrication is being used for these microneedle patches. So we mentioned the four or five different types of microneedles. So the solid microneedles, they're actually using 3D printing, laser abbreviation, micro molding, dry etching. With the coated microneedles, they're using wet etching, dry etching, 3D printing, um, dissolving microneedles, micron molding, ultrasonic welding, also 3D printing. And then hollow microneedles, they're using lithographic molding, x-ray, and 3D printing. So you can see that 3D printing is definitely an interesting area that might be looked at as far as fabricating these particular microneedles. And then going with that, some of the challenges is really establishing a scalable, automated, good uh, manufacturing practice that can complement manufacturing practices for uh, microneedle arrays. And that's a major focus in this area and technology within the class that's going to be very critical for its success. And then one key challenge I do want to point out with vaccines, and I'm mentioning vaccines a lot because vaccines is really leading this charge. And there's an organization called PATH that actually has a program set in place where they're using this technology for vaccine delivery, and that's kind of leading the way and development for regulations. Uh, but we'll dive into that in a second. But one key challenge is that vaccines cannot be terminally sterilized. So experts have debated about whether low bio burden manufacturing approach will be significant for the product quality and risk perspective, or whether vaccine microneedle array patches will have to be uh, produced aesthetically, which adds a complexity and cost to the manufacturing facility and equipment. So in addition, vaccine antigens can lose potentially quickly. So formulation optimization to maintain stability is critical, especially if it's an enhanced thermal stability uh, is desired for these particular devices. 
Now we're going to dive into the regulation side of microneedle patches. So microneedle patches are considered a new combination product. So whether the CDER or the CVER regulate this or would be the leading agency depends on the specific product and whether the active ingredients is a drug or a vaccine or biological. So the CDRH would be consulted within that. Um, the product integrates a medical device with a biological, so that's why they're seeing this as a combination type of product. And it's used exclusively in non-reusable or refillable combinations, similar to a pre-filled syringe. Now, the lack of regulatory guidance presents a problem for microneedle patch product development. These regulatory guidelines pertaining to patients are used, are required for microneedle patches to be implemented. And as I mentioned, the PATH, so the Center for Excellence of Microneedle Technologies, aims to address these regulatory issues and the quality control for furthering this technology. And some of the factors requiring consideration are packaging, disposal, ease of use, confirmation or insertion of subsequent delivery, as well as safety concerns. So those are all things to look at when they're developing these particular devices. Now, the only published regulation relevant to microneedle patches is a draft guidance on microneedling devices. So many companies selling microneedling devices register their manufacturing and importing facilities with the FDA, and then they list the device as class one um, as an accessory device, which is usually incorrect listing. So some of the companies claim their microneedle devices are FDA approved because of the lack of review by the FDA. So the FDA does not regulate microneedling devices where needles are too short to puncture the outer layer, the dead skin, and therefore there's no negative claims retaining to this product, such as those affecting the structure of the function of the body. And the FDA has determined that the needle length should be no greater than 0.3 millimeters. And the FDA does not regulate the microneedling devices that have needles that puncture the skin past the outer layer, claim to affect the structure or function of the body, have a therapeutic area, and intend for use of delivery for topical cosmetics. So that's why there are a few cosmetic companies that are offering a microneedle device uh, whether it's a roller, a patch, and they use them for acne or uh, hair growth. But those are the reasons why some of those products are to market in the cosmetic space. The last area we're going to look at is really what are these startups or who owns this IP or this product pipeline. So we're going to look at a, a few companies and universities. One of them is called Zosano Pharma, and they are actually one of the leaders in this particular um technology that is almost going to be FDA approved. So they're going through their phase three clinical trials and they're looking at a dissolved microneedle for headaches. So migraine headaches. Another one that we're going to look at is called SkinJack and they're using a dissolving microneedle as well. And they're using this in their preclinical stage for various types of deliveries. So whether it's diabetes, um, cancer treatment, their specific type of approach is more broad um, then we're also going to look at another one called Xenomix, Zeno, which is out of uh, North Carolina. They're using the solid microneedle patch, and they're using it for diabetes. And some of the universities that are really leading this force in development is Georgia Tech University. And then also we have a university which is out of um, Toronto, which is the University of Waterloo and Queen's University in Belfast. So those are a few different universities that are leading the way. Overall, there's about 70 companies, startups, and universities that are dealing in microneedle patches. 
And that would include companies who are focused on the cosmetic space as well. So it's a very, very tight and small community that is developing this particular product. So I appreciate everybody tuning in every month to our technology landscaping podcast. Once again, my name is Eric Hollett and thank you so much.